Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God the Father and from our risen and ascended Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I found that there's an interesting phenomenon with the way that we use certain words and how it is that we associate certain positive or negative values specifically with the words up and down. For instance, we often say things are looking up or She's moving up in the company, or he's really been up and out of it. All those different ways that we use the word up, it associates with something positive or optimistic or healthy. Likewise, the way we use the word down, we often say, well, she's coming down with the flu, or I've been feeling kind of down lately, or he's been down for the count. So each of those phrases associates the word down with something negative and defeated or sickly. Well, the question for us today then on Ascension Day is, how does that affect our understanding of the ascension of our Lord? Well, to ascend does mean to go up, and Jesus went up to heaven to be seated at the right hand of the Father. So according to all of this logic then, well, that should all mean that this is good, right? Well, yes, it is. But what if I were to tell you that the reason it's good, the reason why this this moment in history, this historical event that's recorded for us in scriptures it isn't necessarily because Jesus went up, and it's, and it's certainly not because Jesus went up and away or something like that, but because the ascension is the way that Jesus now comes down to us. That's what we see beginning in, in Acts chapter 1 and, and Luke 24, what we heard today uh, about the ascension. And what we see there is the beginning of Jesus ascending downward. So I'll explain what I mean. Jesus takes his disciples on the 40th day after his resurrection out to the Mount of Olives on the way to the town of Bethany. He has given them his final encouragements, his final instructions. He shared with them the promise of the Holy Spirit who will arrive uh, to the disciples in just a matter of days. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. Now, there are many reactions that people could have to this event. Was this Jesus departing and and leaving his disciples to fend for themselves? Or was this Jesus just signing off until the day when, when he would return again, the day that the angels were talking about with the disciples? Well, that would all seem uncharacteristic. Of Jesus, wouldn't it? It would also be inconsistent with what he himself told his disciples at various times throughout his life and his ministry here on earth. Jesus said in John 14, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Or in Hebrews 13, he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Or Matthew 28, behold, I am with you always. To the very end of the age. So it sure seems like Jesus intends to always be with his disciples. But how is that? I think one of the clearest explanations of the purpose of the ascension comes directly from Jesus himself. But it didn't happen on Ascension Day. It happened on Easter Sunday. It can be found in John chapter 20. 
This happens right after Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene, and she thinks that he's the gardener at first, but then then he says her name, and, and she recognizes him, and she falls at his feet. But then Jesus says something quite curious to Mary. He says, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. In other words, Jesus is saying there is a time to cling to him, but the time is not now. The time is not immediately after the resurrection. The time begins after he ascends. Now, why is that? Why is the time to cling to Jesus after the ascension? And how does that square with this scene where Jesus seemingly goes away into heaven? Well, that's why I think today we can use this opportunity to reframe our thinking a bit about the ascension. You see, we need to see the ascension as an ascension downward. And I know that that sounds paradoxical. But a downward ascension of Jesus is for our good. First of all, just think about this, just like a thought experiment. If Jesus had never ascended, if he stayed here on earth after his resurrection, if we wanted to cling to Jesus, we would have to be wherever Jesus was, which would just be in one geographical place. He would presumably be spatially limited as he was during his life and ministry here on earth. But you see, now that Jesus has ascended and is omnipresent, he is present everywhere, we can now cling to him in ways that wouldn't otherwise be possible, just like he said to Mary Magdalene. Jesus is faithfully with us here on earth always, and he is available for us to cling to him. Second of all, think about what happened on that day that Jesus ascended and and went into heaven. We imagine this as a coronation of Jesus. We imagine Jesus returns to heaven, that is the place where God dwells. And so recently here on earth, we just had the somewhat rare opportunity to witness the coronation of an earthly king, King Charles III in the United Kingdom. If you watched any of that coverage on TV, you saw how extravagant and and ceremonial all of that procedure was. Think about how much more festive and and joyful and extravagant Jesus' own coronation must have been. When he was coronated as King and Lord on his ascension day, God the Father exalts God the Son, bestows on him the name that is above all names, seats him at his right hand, which isn't so much a, a, a space in geography, but is rather a position of power and authority, that Jesus now rules as King and Lord. It's amazing. But remember, remember what Jesus is in addition to being fully God. Jesus is also fully human. He was conceived. He was born. He, was, he lived. He suffered. He died just as one of us, and yet, of course, without sin. He has taken our humanity into heaven with him. And remember why Jesus is there. He is there as our intercessor. He is the one who is perpetually and eternally interceding on our behalf, on the basis of his once-for-all sacrifice and death for our sins. So, So here's the picture. Jesus ascended so that now the King and Lord of all things is the same King and Lord 
who so dearly loves you. He is able to sympathize you with sympathize with you in all of your weaknesses and loves you so dearly that he has offered himself for your sake. It's amazing to think about. And third of all, Jesus didn't ascend to heaven in order to be far from us here on earth. No, Jesus ascended to heaven so that now he can bring heaven and earth together in a way that was not previously possible due to our sin. Heaven and earth now converge. They they come together. They overlap. And they overlap precisely where Jesus may be found. Jesus brings the full force of God's heavenly kingdom to bear in our lives here on earth. And so we might ask, well, where does that happen? Where is Jesus present? Where do heaven and earth come together in our lives here on earth? Well, Jesus is present for us in his word. Reading or listening to the Bible is not a static event for us. It is always the dynamic working of God in your life through his living and active word. And Jesus is also present in his absolution, like we heard again today, the forgiveness of sins. Every time you hear your sins forgiven, you can be sure that they are forgiven in heaven as they are on earth. Jesus promises that. And Jesus is present in his sacraments and baptism and the Lord's Supper. He wants you to know while you live here on earth and never have to guess where you can tangibly meet him, where you can concretely find him. And Jesus is present in his church, in us. We are called the body of Christ. We are his hands and feet to this world. One faithful pastor summarized it this way. He said, the ascension did not take Jesus away. It brought heaven near. His homecoming has made heaven a home for us who still walk far from home. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we are on a journey in this world. And at times it can feel like our lives are far from home. And in many ways we are. We know that we are always strangers here. We are pilgrims. We are exiles, Scripture says. And yet, at the same time, because of Jesus' ascension, we know that he is continually coming down to us. He brings heaven to us. He brings himself to where we are in this world. We hear his word. We experience his forgiveness. We receive his body and blood. These are all ways that he is always giving us exactly what we need for our journey here in this life so that we can keep on journeying. Whether our journey takes us to sports fields or battlefields, offices or operating rooms, hotels or hospitals, schools or skyscrapers, cities or cemeteries, we cannot go so far that Jesus is not always right there with us. Another Christian writer puts it this way. The ascension is the ultimate descension of God to us. 
down into our world, down into the ocean of our tears, down into the sewers of our shame, down into the rubble of our broken dreams. The Lord of life descends to save us, to bring us home, to heal us with his merciful touch. I don't know about you, but I can't think of any more uplifting good news than hearing about the Lord of grace who comes down to us. In his name. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our risen and ascended Lord. Amen. <laughs>